Dear Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time together now, a time of fellowship with you and your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and with each other. We thank you for the time we can spend together now in praise. We thank you for that we can spend time out of the, the world, the pressures of the world, and we can spend time just focusing on you on your love and your mercy and your grace. Lord, we pray that all that is said and done today in your name will be to your glory. And we offer you now our praise and our thanks through Jesus, amen. Uh, Rachel is going to come and give us our announcements in a moment. And Morning, everybody. And we ask God's blessing, as always, on everything we're going to do this week and for all the good gifts he gives us. Welcome to Patricia. Really good to see you with us again this morning. And also our visitors who have just arrived. Care news then this week is quite light on care news, which is probably a good thing, which we must be well. Um, Sheila um, is having a wound dressing changed daily, but thankfully seen some little signs of improvement there and less pain. So we continue to pray for Sheila and keep her in her thoughts. And one last announcement, which is, and I'm sure it's really good to see some of our younger adults back with us who have finally got through the exam period. <laughs> and some less stressed parents. <laughs> so um, we thank God for being with them during such a, a tough time and being with all the parents too. And Esther is continuing to do the care news for us next week. Thank you. Uh, it is time when we will... Uh do our pastoral prayer. So if there's anything that anybody would like us to uh, pray about, then if you would like to let me know. Dear Lord, we, we come to you now mindful that we live in a world which is far from perfect full of people who are far from perfect. In a world where some people know nothing about you, are driven only by their own wills, their own desires, their own ambition. <coughs> and throughout the world, Lord, we see what that leads to. Injustice, wars, famine, we've always seen these things, Lord, but I guess for us at least over recent years and months we've had a very stark reminder of how wicked people can be. And so, Lord, we would pray. that you would change people. If that is through us, then, Lord, please help us to be open, that you would work through us, that we can show people a better way. We all would like peace. We would all like to see justice. And I guess where we can do something about that, we would pray that you will give us the strength to be bold and strong and do 
the godly thing. But ultimately, Lord, we do know and we do understand that all of this will not be put right until your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, comes back. And we pray for that day. But in the meantime, we pray that we will do what we can through your strength. It has been a stressful time for all parents and children who have gone through the exam, exam period. And we are thankful that that time is now finished, that there is peace and calm. And we thank you that you have been with us all during this time. Lord, we also give thanks now that it seems that Sheila, while still has some time and some way to go, has started to improve. And we thank you for that blessing. We pray that you'll continue to be with her and Andrew as they continue on the road to recovery. And we would also pray for Lucas, son of Becky, who may have autism. And we pray, Lord, as, as that situation develops and diagnoses and prognoses become clearer, that you will bless the family, that you will bless Lucas, and that you will be with them. Lord, you love us and bless us in so many ways, and part of life is challenge. And we pray always, Lord, that we will see you in our lives, that we will always focus on you, that we'll have you at the centre. Lord, thank you for being with us. Please hear our prayer, for we ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, which are going to be uh, Matthew chapter 2 and Philippians chapter 2. Uh, Julia will lead us in Matthew chapter 2 and Martin will lead our Philippians reading. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, 
They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophets, out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realised that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went to, li- and he went to live in a town called Nazareth. So it was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, he will be called a Nazarene. Philippians chapter 2. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Christ Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear brothers, as you have always obeyed, 
not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labour for nothing. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I may also be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as, as soon as I see how things go with me, and I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honour men like him because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. You may or not remember, which is fine if you don't, that at the end of the service uh, led about a month ago, we finished with the, that passage from Philippians uh, about uh, the mindset that the Lord Jesus Christ had. And, in the, and it was because of a response that I wanted everybody to encourage everybody to have in response to the uh, bomb that had gone off at the MEN. And I sort of be just been thinking about that passage. And in a sense, we're, I, we're using those thoughts from Philippians, and we'll expand them a little bit as we go through, uh, as we go through this morning. So if you still get your finger in Philippians, Philippians 2, then that's good. That's where we'll start. 
And we'll just go over what, uh, what Paul writes here to the, the church at Philippi. Verse 5, he says, In your relationships with each other, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, it's important to remember here that we're talking about God's Son, God's perfect Son, who had opportunity to be as powerful as God. Do you know, God's son, this is who this passage is about, and this is who we should model ourselves upon. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. You know, somebody who is at somebody else's beck and call, somebody else who does things for somebody else. Yeah, if you remember Downton Abbey a little while ago, do you know, we saw servants. That was their job, that's what they did. Their sole purpose, their sole employment was to ensure that their employers, do you know, had everything that they needed. That's what they did. We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ did. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Verse 14 goes on to say, Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of light without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine... Without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. And that was the picture that we, I sort of... Uh, left everybody with at the end of the last... And you imagine it, can't you? Pitch black night, full of pinpricks of light. And, and that was, that were, that's people like you and me breaking through the darkness, which is the evil of the world. That's, that's the picture. Now, we see little pinpricks of light, you know, and we see the odd little star dotted about. If you go to the right parts of the world, you see more and more stars because the air is clearer, there's no light pollution. And that's the picture, isn't it? Little pinpricks, do you know, that we see. I don't think it's quite the right image. If you just want to go back to Matthew 2, and I, I, can I just, where's, where's Neil gone? I apologise, Neil. We talked about having a bit of a Christmas service, and I think Esther was in the conversation. I, I, in the end, we've not, but we, are, we will be using bits of the Christmas story. Just turn to Matthew 1, verse 20. 
we've got these words. So it's talking about uh, Mary and Joseph. It's about Joseph after he's found out that Mary is, uh, is, is with child. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared. So he had considered divorcing Mary because she was pregnant and it wasn't his baby, basically. The Lord appeared. That word appeared is the same word as in Philippians is translated as shine. Let's go on to chapter 2, verse 7. Uh, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Same word as the word used for shine. Uh, verse 13 of that chapter. Uh, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared. Same word. Uh, verse 19, after Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Same word. Uh, flip over to chapter 6. Uh, chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men seen it's the same word as is used in philippians for shine go to verse 18 actually goes verse 16 when you fast do not look somber as the hypocrites do for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting i tell you the truth they have received their reward in full but when you fast put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting. Obvious. It's the same word as used in Philippians, to shine. If you build that picture up, what we're told in Philippians, when we're shining like stars, is you need to be seen. It's not a little thing. You're not, you know, some twinkly little star somewhere having, you know, naff all effects apart of just some little bit of space. You need to be seen. All those, you know, when, when Joseph had those dreams, when the angels appeared, appeared, they were life and death situations for him. It made a difference. You know, it was not some little inconspicuous thing that happened. It made a difference. When Jesus talked about the, uh, the hypocrites of the day, those people who were all about the, the religious, religiosity of the day, you know, who wanted to be seen to be religious, they were seen as being religious. They didn't pray because they wanted to talk to God. They wanted to be seen to pray. It's a call for us to be seen. What should people see then? Well, what does it say in Philippians? What does it say about the Lord Jesus Christ? He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. 
found, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. These are the characteristics that we need to adopt, and they're the characteristics that need to be seen. They're the characteristics which, when we adopt and put into practice, people see. As you probably uh, well know, there are two passages which I hang on to. John 3.16 and, uh, and Matthew 22. And this is the passage from Matthew 22 which sort of summarises what we're saying. Jesus replied, well, 36, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. This is not rocket science. Love God. Love your neighbour. Be humble. Be a servant. It's a philosophy that flies in the face of almost everything that we see and hear in the world. Isn't it? And we see we, it is a desperate place. And is that not why it's a desperate place? Because we don't serve each other. Because we're not humble. I want power, I want authority, I want to be rich stuff you lot and that's and that's what happens people get stuffed people face injustice people have nothing people are not cared about yeah but what about us how are we how do we behave how are we with our family with our friends with fellow students, work colleagues, what do we say, what do we do, what do we share, how humble are we? Do we shine? Do we light up our world? There's a huge mistake sometimes, I think, when thinking that we have to flick a switch and we have to go from being nothing to being perfect. It's impossible, and we will never be perfect. And we are on a journey, and on this journey, we will be changed. And we just have to live with that, I think. We will always disappoint ourselves. We will always disappoint God at times. We will always make mistakes. It's about being on a journey, and God gets that. But it is about being on a journey. It is about us having a battle it is about us fighting our sinful nature. In Matthew 5, verse 14, Jesus says, and he says it to us, you are the light of the world. Now, that word for world is actually the world that is translated in Philippians as universe. 
You know, you are the light of the world. And a town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Lights are to be seen. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your God in heaven. And actually, that word for universe is normally translated as world. There's only three places where it's translated as universe. We're to shine in the world. People are supposed to see the Lord Jesus Christ in us where we are at. But not some little distant twinkling thing. Do you know, a big and a bold light, we are supposed to make a difference. We had a lovely service last week. Neil and Mike led a really nice service. If you've not heard it, then listen to the podcast. And one of the things that uh, Mike was talking about was, well, he looked at the Lord Jesus Christ and he, and he highlighted the fact that often Jesus took himself away to have uh, time with God. And he went away in secret. He was on his own and he spent time with God. And at the root of all this is our relationship with God and with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we don't invest in that, then we forge other relationships. And we can be changed. God will change us. It's not my forte, this type of, this about sort of self-analysis type of stuff. I'm fairly aware of what I'm like, but I'm not a... I'm not one of these people that spends a huge amount of time on looking back and whatever. I, I don't even know if this is a great example. You can tell me whether it is or not. Last October, November, I was driving home. I was in a seriously bad mood. Uh, and as I got near our house, there's a roundabout. I came round the roundabout, started to zoom up the road, and I got collared for speeding, which was seriously frustrating thankfully I wasn't speeding so much that I uh, ended up having points I had the opportunity to go on a speed awareness course joy of joys so I paid my fine and I gave up four hours of, of my day and went on this speed awareness course and in all fairness there was some interesting stuff that came out of it but there you go and I came out and I got back in the car, and for a little while, uh, I was slightly more aware of my speed. It's not that I intentionally want to speed or do speed. Every now and again, I would look down at my speedo, and I would be doing over the speed limit. And then a few months later, I, uh, I'd gone into work, and Emily was... Uh, rang me and she said she felt really ill so I said it's okay I will come back so I ran back to the car I got in the car and I drove at some speed down this road and as I drove past uh, this sign as I passed it I registered a flash <sighs> I think you know do not remember the thing is you know where speed cameras are don't you and you just slow down past them 
that's what everybody does. I'm not saying I speed, but that's, you know, if you're, you're really conscious. So whatever else you're doing, when you get to a speed camera, you, you just slow down through, those, through that bit. So I, I, and I'm going, I don't recall a speed camera. I did a very quick loop around, and actually I could see this little camera tucked above this sign. So I went home thinking, and I have genuinely no idea how quickly I was travelling, but obviously I was travelling quick enough to upset this camera. So I drove home, and uh, I dealt with Emily. Uh, I can't remember whether I went back to work or not after that, but whatever. But I was absolutely mortified. I mean, I am, I am no longer, I no longer have the option of a course, because you've got to go three years without being stupid again. So now I've got to pay another blah, and then, uh, and then I've got points on my license. Turns out, it wasn't a speed camera. It was a, a sign which warned me that uh, I was next near a school, so there was a sign which said, you know, please slow down, there are school kids knocking about, type stuff. So, and I did some research, and speed cameras have to be labelled and whatever. And as it turned out, it was just something which freak, was there to freak you out, which, well done people, it freaked me out. <laughs> but I am far more careful now. I'm just, I have no idea what the process was in my head any, about that. Whereas I wanted to be, you know, a legal driver after copying for it the first time, having copped for it the second, or thought I'd copped for it the second time, I've, I'm, I'm a different driver. I'm not saying I never speed, but I just something has changed. I've changed. That's quite a long story, really, for that point, but that's the point. We can change. I've, I mean, I've been driving for the best part of 30 years. You know, and I've driven, I don't think I'm an unsafe driver, and I drive the way I drive. I've changed. That, those incidents have changed what I am like. We can change. No one is ever fixed in a particular way. They don't have to be. We can be changed. We can become more Christ-like. Jesus said, John 8, verse 12... I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is our light. He's our perfect light. He changes people. People see the way to go when they, when they have that light. His way is lit up. And if we follow that light, we will begin to shine. We will begin to make a difference. He showed us how to love. He showed us how to be graceful. He showed us how to be merciful. And that's what he calls us to be. That's what he is to us. That's when we come now to take some bread and some wine, that is what we are called to. We're called to respond to a God who loves us. We know what God is like because Jesus showed us. And that's what we are to be like. And he knows we're rubbish sometimes and he knows we mess up. 
that's what this is to remind us. He knows. It's not a surprise to him. He knows. He still calls us. He still wants us to respond. He still wants us to shine like the Lord Jesus Christ. You think that little light that we look up is a little insignificant light? Try standing a few million miles away from it and see how small and insignificant you think it is then. It's not little insignificant at all. It's bright. That's why we can see it billions and billions of miles away. And for once, that's not an exaggeration. It makes a difference. And that's our calling, to shine and make a difference. We're going to break bread, and we're going to take wine. We're going to sing before that uh, from the hymn book, uh, hymn number 223, When I Survey. It's easy to think that we don't match up. And when we don't match up to what we should be, then we get disillusioned. We need to lose that. It is not about that. It's about where we are at, where we are. God will work with us if we allow him to. So, as we approach this time now, then we, just, we need to focus on that. Our God loves us, and he demonstrated that to us by sending his son, who he knew would die, yet he wanted us to know what he was like, that he still sent him. Father God, you sent your word of life into the world. And he shone into the darkness. And the darkness struggled against the light, but did not overcome it. And this is the victory we celebrate around our Lord's table as we thank you for this bread and share it and eat it and take from it life and courage. And as we do these things, help us to be light as he was light, to struggle against the darkness as he struggled against the darkness, to offer into a dark world your word of life and to live as he lived and live as he lives with you now for all eternity. Amen. So Jesus said that we were to take this and eat for it was his body. Holy Father, It's a glorious day. The sun is shining on us and it's your sun, your light, your energy, your power. 
It's your creation. You are the king of all the universe. Thank you, Lord. And in all that power and all that glory, you sent your lovely son as a baby, as a boy, as a child. Lord Jesus, you made yourself as nothing and took on yourself um, the, the servanthood, the, the servant. You became the servant for all. You became my servant, our servant. Lord Jesus, I can't get my head around that. I find that just too difficult. But you served people in their lives. You, you gave people food. You gave people healing. You gave people joy, even. You were a servant. But Lord, the thing that I find even more difficult is that Holy Father, your Son came to show us you. So are you our servant? It seems to me in many ways, yes, you are. You must be. You, Father, give us all the things that we need, all the good things in life, our energy, life itself, our food, our bodies, our families. You give us love. You give us grace. You give us forgiveness. You give us joy. And you want us to enter into this joy that is yours and serve you. Holy Father, help us to, to serve, to serve you, but not just you, but to serve each other to serve others. Help us, Lord, to become like you. And let this cup of wine encourage us and prompt us to become more like you in your life and in your death. Lord, thank you. Bless us in your service. Amen. Sing a song. It's a, it's a song about commitment, it's a song about ambition, it's a song about uh, motivation. It's a song about us showing a desire to commit, a desire to be Christ-like, a desire to make a difference, a desire to shine. Oh, sorry, yes, you can, please, you, can, you please sit. They can stand or sit, but they need to stay there, if that's all right. Do you know, uh, there will be few people that do understand it. It was, a it was a present from Emily for my birthday. And it's, what it actually really says is, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. So these are a set of equations written by a guy called James Clerk Maxwell in about 1864-ish. 
this is, this is light. This is a theoretical mathematical theorem that predicts how light will behave. I think, I mean, I understand how everybody might not think that's really cool. I, I, but I think that is really cool. And actually, this led on to something called the wave equation, and from the wave equation, Einstein developed his theory of special and general relativity and stuff. 1864, this guy basically wrote a theory that, that uh, predicted the results of a guy called Michael Faraday, who was an experimental physicist who did lots of work with electricity. He validated his experimental results. Well, big deal, what's that got to do with it? This is light. Do you know, we talked about light, we've read about light in, in scripture. Do you know, from a, a physicist's point of view, light is a section of, of a set of frequencies of something called uh, electromagnetic waves. And within that, you've got things like X-rays, microwaves, infrared rays, uh, radio waves. The thing about the gospel is, it is simple. And we can take it simply. I genuinely believe that if you know John 3.16, 3, if you know the passage from uh, Matthew, you know, if you understand what your position is before God and you want to make a commitment, those passages tell you that. You can become a Christian and you can be full of the Lord Jesus Christ understanding that. And you can have a simple relationship with God and the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's more. We're called to a deeper relationship. We're called to have a deeper understanding. Some people understand certain things better. This fundamentally changes how we live our lives. You told me this morning you'd had an MRI scan. Well, you wouldn't have done if Maxwell hadn't done this. Do you know? Computers, electricity, everything. The more we understand our Heavenly Father, His love, and the more we commit to that, the deeper our understanding will be, the deeper our relationship will be, the greater our impact will be, the more we will shine, the more we will make a difference. We can start small. We can do small steps. That's fine. Our last song is... Book's over there. Our last song is... Uh, Shine Jesus. I knew what it was called. Jesus, light of the world, shine upon us. By the blood I may enter your brightness, search me, try me, consume all my darkness. As we gaze on your kingly brightness, so our faces display your lightness, ever changing from glory to glory, mirrored here, may our lives tell your story, shine on me. It's not often that people know the words of a prayer. I think some of you will know some of these, so if you want to join in, please do. Shine from the inside out, that the world will see you live in me. Shine from the inside out, 
that the world will see you live in me. You know me and you love me. You fill me, so send me. To know me, love me, fill me, send me. Know me, love me, fill me, send me. Know me, love me, fill me, send me. So I can shine. Amen.